Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is DC Movie News, bringing you the most up-to-date discussion and commentary within the DC Universe. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the DC Movie News Show right here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We are here! What's happening, everybody? And thanks for joining us. It's a little bit earlier than usual. It's 9.40. Oh, no, now it's 10.15 Pacific Time in the Americas. But if you're watching overseas or in America or anywhere else on this great earth of ours, we appreciate you. We are at DC Movies SK on the Twitter. We're Facebook.com slash DC Movies SK. Let's get to the squad. I'm at Jay Quasto. That dude right there, he is the host of Man vs. Child on the FYI Network Thursday evenings at 9 post Meridian. He's also the host of FX Movie Download on FX. Find him on Twitter at Adam Gertler. He's also the, uh, I don't want to say the leader, uh, he's the worst mocker. Verse mucker, yeah. He's the verse mucker of yep. Doghouse. He's Adam Gertler. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> this is the earliest we've ever done this kind of thing. It's like uh, feeling good. It's in the AM, so this is all for JT Shadow, who's in Australia. I believe it's 9 p.m. next Thursday there. So congratulations, <laughs> he's watching live. I also wanted to introduce to you uh, a good friend of mine, uh, someone who was actually on the uh, Next Food Network star a number of years ago with. He's a chef. In New York City, has a restaurant called Distilled. He's here as a as, a, as an expert, knows absolutely nothing about DC Comics, and proudly <laughs> so. Uh, Shane Lyons, say hello, Shane. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Adam. It's yeah. good to be here. Uh, you might also recognize him if you ever saw the Nickelodeon show. All that he what? was actually on the show with uh, Keenan Thompson. Is that who you were on with? Well, you know how they were Saved by the Bell. Yes, I mean, they were Saved by the Bell, the new class that fucked up the show. Yeah, yeah. we're that cast. Ah, wait, 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 you were a child actor? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm recovering though. I made. <laughs> Yeah, I also um, was on uh, Law and Order and ER, and um, uh, did my time in some juvie in both those. Way to go, man! Thanks, so wait, dude. you were the you were the all that cast post Amanda Bynes. Yeah, and- we were like that that cast that was uh, crossing over. So we interacted with Amanda, Amanda, and Nick Cannon. This is before Amanda was throwing her bongs out the window. Sure. Can you yeah. sing the intro a little bit for us? No, no, no. Oh, no. that oh, this is all that Shane is all that. Just when we got away from TV time, this comes back to destroy my world. Speaking of which, she is the crown jewel of the DC Movie News after. Show. You can find her on Twitter at Roxy Stryer and many, many things coming up very, very soon. She's Roxy Stryer. That is me. And we remember from last week, Sultan of Sass. You know, you got to put she, that back in the intro. Hashtag Sultan of Sass on that ass. <laughs> lady of the night. Oh. He's a lady of the night. <laughs> no, that one didn't play so well. Oh. No. Nope. We cut that one from well, the rap. fun to say. Lady of the night. Just it, own it. I'll just own it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just just own it. Mm-hmm. We got to own it. We, uh, we, have we almost fun. had Mike Kalinowski here, by the way. <laughs> we always had a regular. Mike Kalinowski was sitting at that chair where Shane leave, is up leave. until like 10 minutes ago he got called away very unexpectedly yeah. it was weird it seemed like he was doing some superhero duty I'm just I saying know. he like really jetted out of here he was wearing a Batman shirt already but I think he had to put the full suit on and go fight crime so follow him on Twitter at Mike Kalinowski because <laughs> he had to uh, do his duty Okay, so uh, what do we got in the world of DC movies? Well, I think we got to start off with the Fortune.com article telling us all about a man named Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Junior, if you will. Yeah, uh, this is uh, really exciting because this is the first uh, viral marketing, official viral marketing starting for the Batman v Superman film. Um, and it was actually appears in Fortune magazine. I believe it appears in the actual magazine. It certainly appears on yep. the website. Yep. Um, so it's not like a, a fake website. So Look it's sort of integrated. Look at that face. And it's a great little profile on, um, yeah, Alexander Luther Jr. So they're just implying in this continuity, in this world, in the, in the DCEU, which is what they call the extended universe, 
the films. Um, Lex Luthor is the son of another Lex Luthor. Um, really filled with a lot of Easter eggs, guys. What did you think of this little piece of advertising? I loved it. Go ahead, Ross. I just wanted to read the actual quote here. Dad named the company after himself 10 years before I made my unexpected entrance into his life. Sour grapes. (laughs) But investors (laughs) seemed to respond to the idea of an adoring father building a legacy for his precious son. He used that to his advantage. It was a good shtick, and whatever else he was, he was a good businessman. So that's from the younger Luther, as he explained. I feel like whoever wrote this had to be giggling the whole time. This is going to be so good. There's just so many great things in this article. You can hear... (laughs) You can hear that smarmy Jesse Eisenberg read of that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, it was a good shtick. You know, smart billionaire with his... Like, he's almost painting his father as the Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. And he's saying, like, his dad was some old school, um, you know, unconscientious billionaire. And and he represents the new school. He's very much playing a character, Lex Luthor, akin to his um, Facebook movie character. You know, his his Zuckerberg character. He's a modern billionaire. This Lex Luthor is depicted as, like, the head of Google. He's into tech where he says his dad was into into weapons. Um, But then he also, in the same breath, speaks to... the importance of defense and how uh, there's no more time before uh, you know it's only a matter of time before the world is threatened much like it was in the events of Man of Steel Uh, he also they also paint him walking past his display of meteor rocks hello kryptonite being uh, introduced Uh, they also refer to the other um, the number one uh, um, uh, producing company um, for charity Wayne Enterprises and mm-hmm. also profitability. Wayne Enterprises. Funny you mention that. Yeah, it talks about how he's one of the world's fifty greatest leaders. He's the youngest person ever to be named Fortune's Businessman of the Year. And LexCorp has become the second largest emerging technology corporation next to Wayne Enterprises. Right. So, so you're establishing a rivalry between Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor in the film universe, which is great. Uh, but there's also a mention of a third. Uh, industry there of a character that has not been introduced in the movies, and this is very interesting. And, and do you know what uh, company that was? I believe uh, I read the article last night. Um, it was Cord Industries. Yes, Cord Industries. So Ted yes. Cord, is who why, is yeah. another billionaire, who is the Blue Beetle. Now, right. why this is of particular interest? If you watch our show before, <laughs> um, Mike Kalinowski is always quick to point out that on the Arrow. Okay, the character that Brandon Routh plays is the Adam, but everything about the Adam in its original description was meant to be Ted Cord. Mm-hmm. And the story is that Berlanti and crew were told not to use Blue Beetle or Ted Cord because they had plans for him. And some things are going to crash Bigger over. Plans. Right. So, well, there's no way we're seeing Blue Beetle in BVS. No, but this is the first introduction. Just like this is the first introduction. Just like we saw the Wayne satellite yeah. in, in Man vs. Steel. So it's just an inclusion of the world. It's a it's an Easter egg, but it could lead to more. But it's a good point to say it's an Easter egg because everybody's saying this confirms a Blue Beetle, no. which it absolutely does not. Speaking of things that you guys are saying, uh, they want us to mention the fact that it alludes to Lex killing his father. Uh, a bunch of people in the chat are talking. Shout about out to that. Andrew Colmer for that one. Oh, because. His uh, unexpected death or his uh, mysterious death that the article uh, alludes to? Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. From Theo Kabbalah and Cool Whip Special, which is a great great great, handle. A Uh, a bunch of people are talking about that. I I think it was awesome. I think it really just confirms everything that we've heard about what this Lex (laughs) Luthor is, which is he's going to be, he's a billionaire. He's making himself out to seem like he's, you know, he's he's Steve Jobs. He's Mm -hmm. the future of tech. But really, his interests are in, 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 in warmongering and in protection of the earth and you know, in, in that he says that he alludes to doomsday. Perhaps he says that we have some exciting new technologies which are going to change the world. Yeah. So this could be the first possible mention of something that will be at the end of BVS, which is the strange threat that rises potentially. Very exciting. My favorite quote of the entire article, and I'm, I'll try and do my best, Eisenberg. Oh, slash I, I love. Oh, let's see this. Accents. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, another another world changing crisis is uh, is hurling it's hurling towards us like a like a speeding bullet. We have to be ready to defend ourselves. Yeah, not bad. It's pretty good. Is yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw you snaps on that one. It's yeah, yeah. part of it. No, it's pretty he's a speeding bullet. Actor right here, and he said it wasn't bad. So I know he's got a lot more credits than I do. I've been yeah. working my ass off for ten years. <laughs> you know what my trick is? I don't work. I love it. And it's just, you know, that's it. Good <laughs> that's it. Just but no, be. he mentioned speeding bullets. <laughs> All right, he mentions again, the next threat that's hurtling towards us faster than a speeding bullet. So you have the Superman that's reference. Great. You have the uh, meteorite rocks, a kryptonite possibly reference. You have uh, the new technology that's going to 
chain everything, change everything. Possibly this doomsday protocol. You have cord industries mentioned. This thing is rife with with information, and I, I love it. And not only that, the tone of it is completely akin to what I would expect from Eisenberg's deliverance. So I I'm just really excited, and, and I love that we're getting our first piece of propaganda. Now I can't wait to see the the Wayne version of this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is exciting. This you know, is it's really coming. great. It's coming. This is well written and so clever and and a joy. And putting it in Fortune magazine is very cool. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, it's cool. establishing where Lex Luthor falls because you know in the comics and a lot of the continuity, Lex Luthor becomes the president of the United States, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he's the enemy of Superman. So he's a uh, He's a villain that lurks in the shadows. The world is never aware that Lex Luthor is a quote-unquote bad guy. Right. You know what this reminds me of? You know when you go on like a really great ride, but you're stuck in line for a half hour, but the line builds you into that world? Like you see stuff on the wall, mm-hmm. or you see these little screens. Sure. Reading that article like puts you in the whole world of everything. Exactly. Yeah, I remember going on the Incredible Hulk ride in Universal Studios, and it was all that, except it was more like three and a half hours mm-hmm. for a 30-second <laughs> ride. Or like when, uh, when King Kong first came out at Universal. Waiting in line is was awesome because it kind of put you in the whole like panic mode, you know, like King Kong was taking over. What? I'm I'm going back to the chat here because they're doing a great job participating in the conversation today. Number one, they think that you're Seth Rogen. Oh, um, no. So <laughs> Shane is Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, I am Shane actually Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. And. <laughs> it's great. The people on iTunes will believe you. Um, and number two, they've made a, a new movie, which is called Man vs. Steel, uh, which is is a brilliant film that our Oh, Man vs. Steel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man vs. Steel, yeah. Chad has created uh, in the DCEU, Man vs. Steel, <laughs> which I love. So thank you, Chad. For That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to provide that for you. Yeah. Just, a quick, just a quick question. Sure, sure. Do you think that, uh, you know, um, it's being compared to Seth Rogen at this point now. Is that a compliment? Yeah, sure. definitely. I, I feel, I feel like, you know, the guy has done Wait, a lot. Wait, are you high, right? Right now? Am I high? Uh, no, I was high about two hours ago. Okay, well, well I, I think... Don't know, borderline Seth Rogen, then. Yeah. Borderline. Yeah, Seth Rogen would have, would have at least had the decency to be high. Yeah. Do you have your uh, own so. bungalow on the Sony lot? No. But Seth, Seth would probably gladly eat at one of your restaurants. Um, yeah, I would think so. You know, Seth Rogen is working on a, a film about animated, like, sausage called, like, Sausage Party or something like and I really want to get, like, the tie-in oh, work t- for you're that. You're telling me that Seth Rogen, who's not gay... Is making a film about yeah. I think what party. I hear they're doing an R-rated film about like sausages in a, in a market. Like it's an R-rated animated film where sausages are the main characters. And doggy style comes into play, so it's rated. Oh, I think a plenty of doggy style. Some is gonna come sensuality. Play. There will be some sensuality. By the way, how about people taking me seriously like last I, week? I, I, I thought you were serious thing. after the show. I go, dude, that really is a thing. You go, no, I made that up. I'm like, I confirm the bitch. fact that PG-13 and some sensuality implied doggy style. That was so Finstock. Of you, like it was kind of fenced up. Yeah, you just made it up, and and there I I was dropping big news, and you were just dropping bigger news that was fake. Guys, believe nothing. I believe Um, it. What else we got in the world of movies? Anything exciting? Speaking of believing nothing, we don't know what to believe as far as Jason Fuchs goes. It looks like he's very close to being involved in Wonder Woman, but his quote was, when you work for DC, it's like working for the CIA. You have a vow of silence. I think as we speak, Zack Snyder is going to come in here and put a muzzle on me. You can't say much, but I'm really excited about what's going on with the universe. Right. So we talked a little bit about that last week, but I will say um, uh, just a shout out to him and everything that he's doing. He's a cool guy, man. Pan coming out on October 9th. So everybody make sure you check that out. And Johnny, balls in your court. Here he might be a little bit of a friend of yours or an acquaintance. He's so an acquaintance. Maybe, maybe maybe you get him in here. We're Facebook something. buddies. We follow each other on Instagram. We Let's hung out get once. Get him on the show. Um, yeah, I wanted to wait for the right time. I know he's busy. I don't want to bother well, him, but I, I still think, you know. I, I don't think it would make sense to have him on the show until he can announce something. No, Otherwise, yet. it'll be an hour of like, so you are involved? You're yeah. not involved? And like, you know, they, they keep these guys in, in absolute secrecy. Like, like they, said, they yeah. don't know if he's like actually writing the thing or yeah. not or if he's a story consultant. But he's working on a lot of things. And he has this huge movie, Pan, coming out, which I'm hearing some mixed things about. So maybe that'll uh, have an effect as to whether or not they want to announce him as the writer of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think once it's official, and, and depending on what kind of gag order they have, I, I definitely would love to ask him to come on. I think he'd be willing to do it. And know? speaking of people who may or may not be involved in DC properties, George Miller elucidates a little bit his uh, position. Um, we spoke last week about how George Miller had said, yes, he's been in talks with DC. It's one of the things he's in the mix. Um, I hope we speak about him every week. I hope things just keep coming. I love George him. Miller. Yeah. Um, but he said he definitely wants to make a small film next. 
Uh, but he also alludes to a couple of Mad Max sequels. Shane, did you <laughs> see the the new Mad Max film? I did. And Adam, you know, I'm not I'm not big on the fantasy genre of films mm-hmm, in general. Right. I'm, you know, I'm kind of not <laughs> out here, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was big. It was loud. It was a lot of. Um, did you enjoy compared to like a lot of films where the, it's very very obviously you know uh, computer effects and all that? Where you, did you appreciate the uh, the visceral nature of the effects in that film? That everything was actually there. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think all audiences have wised up to the fact that you can make anything go kaboom uh, with a computer. Thank you, Michael Bay. Like we've mm-hmm. learned that we've seen that every summer. So it was nice to see a film that was rooted in standard effects and was really like uh, gritty. And but the, the, again, it's a Hollywood blockbuster. And, you know, and some of it. My, my issue with that film is like. Those beautiful concubines, like yeah. that, would not exist in that wretched world. They were like right off of the Vogue set. I think it would. I think it was perfect and flawless and beautiful in every way. <laughs> it? it was the most fun two-hour U-turn. I've Shane, ever what would you think as someone that's not super into these kind of genre films? Do you think that having a filmmaker like George Miller, who's so rooted in in, in practicality, would that help a film like this? Would that help the the superhero genre? Do you think that would be? Uh, a, a good director to bring on board. Well, I think that in, you know, uh, as just a casual film um, viewer, that you're seeing like there's a bubble forming. I mean, every you know every movie coming out is one of these superhero films. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. are you going to disrupt the model? And so if you bring in someone who is not from that realm, it seems to me that's the best route to go because you're not recreating the same. You know, I don't, I don't know what, what movie just bombed recently. The Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, oh, uh, Tough Break. Yeah, yeah. No, so like, I don't, I don't watch these films because I right. know they're going to be garbage. But as you guys who like go to the theater and pay your fifteen dollars to watch it, what what makes that film different than Mad Max? Like, what's the delta in between there that's happening on set? That's creating. Well, I mean, it's it's like anything. It's like you know, you can buy anything. You can buy the fantasy genre. You have to create a world in which that you're invested in the in the characters and what they want. It's just like any story, and then you're on board for the ride. Fantastic Four failed in that. You know, you weren't really on board with any of the characters. It didn't have fun with itself when these characters get these amazing powers. So you're just you're not invested, and and you lose your sight. As opposed to you know the brilliant Christopher Nolan Batman films where they spend. Every beat is painstakingly spent forming how this can happen, how mm-hmm. where how Batman can happen, and yeah. that's an exciting ride. I think when you speak about the bubble, it's interesting that the next superhero film after Fantastic Four is a film called Deadpool, which I, I was talking to you a little bit about the other day. It's an R-rated film where the character breaks the fourth wall. It can take a little bit of air out of the bubble because it disrupts the model of what people are typically used to seeing, and I think that's going to be really exciting. Plus, I mean, I think Mad Max, for example, I think people were waiting years to see Mad Max, whereas like Fantastic Four, is, we're not even that long since the last one, and so, so people it's just kind of overkill a little uh, bit. I think people were waiting to see both of them, um, and for me, it's not. We're getting on a tangent yeah, here, but, yeah, but yeah. It, it's not always just about characters. It's really hard to compare anything to Mad Max because what that did for me was like a, a moving visual experience. So, was it a lady um, boner? <laughs> might, some might call it a lady boner, okay. um, but I think that that movie is different than like when I want characters to be fully developed and. Yeah, I agree. I, I I thought Mad Max was like was a real visceral experience. Like my, right. you know, I disconnect very much when I have like a, a mostly computer generated, you know, fight scene. Like even at the end of Man of Steel, you know, I'm like, all right, it's like a video game at some point. Right. But Mad Max, because I could feel it, like it yeah. felt like a fun ride. It was fun to see in a theater. It was fun to see with a big crowd. You could tell people were actually reacting to the visual spectacle of it but in real it time. Back, the folks. most fun two-hour U-turn I've watched. Yeah. yeah, but to bring it back full circle, that's not what I was looking for in Mad Max. Is not even close to what I'm looking for in BBS Hell or, no. or in Suicide Well, Squad. but see, but, but that's where I have to disagree a little bit because I believe that I would have loved Man of Steel. I hadn't even said what I was going to to see. Well, you, I, what do you mean? You said that that's not, not what you want in a mm-hmm. BBS. Right. So... <laughs> I'm disagreeing with that. Okay. So what do you disagree with? I'm saying I would have <laughs> I would appreciated more practicality in, in Man of Steel. To me, the problems I had with Man of Steel were that it got so digital and so video game sometimes that we're not even checking back with humans. And then you have this video game playing out. And that's why people checked out. That's why people thought it's too long at the end. That's where the movie starts to have problems. Whereas, you know, practicality and actually seeing, you know, uh, the things happen would, 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 would bring the audience back into the narrative. Can I ask you guys a question? Like, yeah. I feel like as an as a amateur film watcher... 
uh, that uh, well, I, feel, I mean, we're all amateurs unless we're well, technically you're not getting paid to watch films. So, right. well, you are sometimes. Yes, that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> as a you know, as a guy who, who who watches films from time to time, I'm fairly busy. But so when I sit down and watch a movie, I want I want the movie to not treat me like I'm an idiot. And I don't care if I'm in the if I'm in the realm of uh, superheroes or if I'm in the realm sure. of a world war. But I feel too often you watch one of these movies and they just like. Bypass the reality that they create. Like a good example would be the last Batman film they made, which I thought was horseshit, and I'll say that openly because I felt like. How dare you say it was horseshit? It, because it was horseshit. That, that was on the border of Bane Cat, which you just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Get, uh, how dare you say? Tell that. me why was my movie shit? Continue, Mr. Lyon, your comment. Well, be, because it was really meant to, in my opinion, be. Do be two movies. They set up this fantastic world, this great plot, and then you know you spend half an hour with Bruce Wayne in the hell pit hole, and he gets out, and all of a sudden the motherfucker's back in Gotham, and we don't know why. He has no yeah. money. He has yeah. no transportation. He's got nothing. Yeah, and yet he arrives back to save the day. Well, I mean, you're not I saying anything. You're like I'm stupid. You know what? That's that's fine, and I love the first two films, and I I, I agree with you about the third film. I'm not a defender of Dark Knight Rises at all. Um, I think. Yeah, a lot of the, the points you just made are, are very valid. But yes, so the point is, a good film is a good film is a good film. A good story is a good story. It doesn't really matter the genre. If you if you buy the world, then you're going to be telling a good story. And that's why the first two Batman films are so great. And that's why the third one strains credulity to me. So I, I don't disagree. Let's talk go. a little flash. But, but as far as George Miller goes, he oh. does, his, his quote is, uh, let's see, he goes, Back in 2008, I was about to do a Justice League movie, and recently there have been conversations, but I've got a full dance card, so I have to see what takes hold and what gives me an obsessive, compulsive desire to tell a story. So basically he's saying anything that really uh, tickles my fancy, I might want to get involved. Yeah, and what I read into that is that a lot of these films are not looking for auteur directors. Zack Snyder, Warner Brothers, DC, they have an overarching yeah. plan for all the films. So, you know, much like that we've seen with the Marvel films, like they're not necessarily bringing in directors who are going to tell their own story. It does need to fit into this world. So I wouldn't say George Mill is totally out of it yet, but I wouldn't count on it happening anytime soon. There you go. Now we can talk about The Flash, but not a TV show, a possible uh, director for Some a movie. movie news! Some actual Flash movie news. Imagine that. DC Movie News reporting on actual Flash movie news. Oh, so, yeah. what do we got? March 3rd, 2018, of course, is the tentative release date, but Seth Graham Smith, who wrote Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and Pride, and Prejudice, and Zombies. Yeah, he wrote the books, not the yes. films, or the scripts, or the comic books. Indeed, right. and he's also writing Lego Batman. Okay, well, this is really uh, interesting because uh, <coughs> Lord and Miller, who did the first Lego movie, who did 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, are on fire. And Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And this guy also directed episode, uh, episodes of R.J. Berger, which I thought was a very underrated funny I never show. I saw that. I don't it, know what it is. It was on MTV. It only lasted two seasons. Oh, okay. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I was disappointed it got canceled, but uh, he also directed some episodes. So now... What, what, what it'll be interesting to find out is if the treatment that Lord and Miller did for the film, they've departed The Flash because they're going to do a Han Solo film mm-hmm. over at Disney, uh, Lucasfilm. Um, this is sort of one of their pro- prodigies. Prodigies. He's one of their prodigies. So uh, this guy is already he's working on the Lego Batman that's going to be Will Arnett, which is, which is a tie to the DC Universe, and he's going to be doing the Flash film. So, mm-hmm. But he's never directed a big movie before. No. So this, to me, says that you know, much like Foggy and Marvel, where they'll get on small directors because they pretty much have the effects and the and the set pieces already worked out. They want to get directors that are going to do the character work and and make the world believable. And they're like, you know what? We have the effects. We have the effects taken care of. And that's where Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder and all these produ- you know the producers that are overseeing all the films are going to take hold. I, I got to say, I was a little confused by the announcement of this. Um, it's nothing that I could be like, I am the most excited to hear this in the entire world, which is what I'm obviously looking for as a major, massive Flash fan. Uh, that doesn't mean he wouldn't do a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means he might... He might be able to do a really good job, but this isn't something that I'm like, I can get behind this decision because I know everything about him. It's hard to say. I'm a big fan of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, I I didn't read Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I know the movie is shit by uh, Timur Bekbambatov, but that's the movie. But that's what I'm saying. From even being a fan of his work, 
it's his work and his books. Right. How can you possibly well, that's how all, can that, you t- jump the next step? You, I'm not saying you can't. You can't. No, he's I, got a couple of years to figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's another. It's one of those things where you got to say like, well, if he's got the blessing from Lord and Miller, yeah, and Warner Brothers DC is willing to give the blessing, it's how can you not at least wonder? I mean, you can't know. It's not like he's directed a bunch of films that you could base it on. And what to piggyback off your comment, Jordan Furno in, in chat roll says clearly WB loved his pitch and vision for the character. I trust the WB choices, especially with Zach and Jeff Johns producing. So yeah, I mean, and, okay. And, and a lot of you guys in the chat roll was like, who's excited about a Flash movie? I gotta say. I like the show, but after watching, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, after watching the premiere yesterday, I was thinking, wow, I can't wait to see this as a movie. Or I can't wait mm-hmm. to see the Flash movie, because as good as this TV show is, it is such a TV show. And it's such a CW show. So really, I don't think yeah. there's going to be a lot of similarities or a lot of crossovers. What's that mean? When you say a CW show, like you're saying it's a, how's that different well, than? We'll, talk, we'll, we'll, talk we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of us. Let's finish the movie stuff and we'll get, we'll yes. get into it. All right. So we got that. That's happening. Uh, Will Smith says he actually doesn't know Jared Leto. He says he's never met the real Jared Leto mm-hmm. because on set of Suicide Squad, they only spoke after the word <laughs> action was yelled out. And he only knows him as the Joker, which uh, to me that's really cool. It's my favorite piece of news of the week. I think that it's just in line with everything that Margot Robbie said about him and and everything else that came out. Um, I, I love that he's taking this so seriously. I love that he's a, clearly a, a method actor of some sorts. Um, Acting. So thank, sh- thank you, Shane. Sean. As a, as someone who's you know acted professionally, uh, as we mentioned on all that on ER things like that, when you hear something like this, when you hear an actor like Will Smith say that like he and Jared Leto weren't you know they weren't grabbing beers, they weren't hanging out on set, whether taking the, the statement at face value, um, the the notion that Leto was essentially always in character. Uh, and then he never actually met Jared Leto. Like, what, what, what do you think about something like That's that? Cool. Does that steer you one way? Do you think it's all smokescreen? As a performer? As someone who has performed? Or as, um, like... I look at it now, running a, a professional business, like, that's insane. <laughs> that is a crazy way to go about your job. You know, as an actor, I you know, that's that's incredible. I think you also... You also dive in that world of where you become your, 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 your character, and um, that's pretty narcissistic and you know like how far does that go was he was he like that with his family was he like that with his friends was like how far down the rabbit hole do you mm-hmm. want to go in this uh, well, method world I mean, well I know he had a rat delivered to Margot Robbie at one point remember that yeah and we talked about earlier a few months ago we mentioned that they hired somebody to be on set as like a um, uh, some uh, psychologist or psychiatrist of some sort to be on set to make sure that he isn't getting too dark and there is somewhere that he's seeing the light and it's obviously it's a very serious character to play especially afterwards. That was just like his but, paramedic on set was it was a psychologist on set to make sure he didn't get too Joker. No, yeah. but he would have to check in with the per- no that's serious that he that's had to go check in with the therapist. I don't think it is ridiculous. I think it's them caring about their actors. Yeah, I think that's smart because when you start, you know, I, I the only role I could I never touched anything this heavy, but I did do. A, a character on Law and Order that was disturbed, and when you're in it and you're shooting for two weeks, you're in it, and because you're going twelve to fourteen hours a day and you're doing these heavy scenes, then it makes sense. It's actually more efficient to not break character or to just stay in that place mm-hmm. because you need to get back there yeah. emotionally, you know, at a, at a moment's notice. So there's some efficiencies that's gotten there. So I think that's really smart that they brought on someone to say, "Hey, man, you all right?" It's a movie. Well, I'm so excited to see what happens with this performance because this has got to be one of the most controversial castings. People who've seen the trailer, some love it. You said you saw the Suicide Squad trailer and you were actually a fan of it. Yeah, as a guy who doesn't watch... uh, This is not your genre. Not my genre. Okay. No, not my genre Not your tempo. No, but it looks great. And Jared Leto at the end, I mean, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's Johnny's line. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you real, real bad. Okay, go ahead. Shane, good. what is your last name, by the way? Lyons. L Y O N. I'm looking you up on IMDb. Um, oh my I, gosh. Adam, going to you because I know you were excited about this piece of news. More, more Jared Leto stuff. You, you, you might have been working yeah. on a bit of a voice here. Just saying. What's that? You might have been working on a little bit of an accent here. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, so Grant Morrison putting you on the spot. Really. Oh, the oh, fantastic I, Grant Morrison. I don't have the article in front of me, but apparently he was um, giving a, a, a feedback onto the character of the Joker, Grant Morrison. And who's of course like a tremendous, tremendous author. He's also featured in Schnapp's movie, uh, Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he basically says, uh, 
Uh, it looks uh, quite interesting. Uh, uh, Leto called me to talk about uh, his approach to the character, and I, uh, I steered him in a few directions. I'm keen to see if it's anything other than the slick back hair and Marilyn Manson vibe that made it into his performance. That was neither Irish nor Scottish, whatever. I, I, I lost it there. I, I love you. Sir. But I the point you. is... I love you. Always half. Okay. Uh, Graham Morrison commenting on the character, but also rescinding it a little bit. And it's like, we'll see how much he actually took and brought into it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, we'll see. What else can you really say about it? Well, yeah. I will say this. How dare you introduce Shane Lyons without mentioning he was on two episodes of That's So Raven. That's so Raven. Bear, talk about it's burying the lead. Yeah. Talk a little bit about Sorry. working with Raven Simone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, actually, I was on the first episode of That's So Raven, and my, my real claim to fame is I played uh, Selena Gomez's boyfriend in the first episode of Wizards of Raven. Whoa! <gasps> Whoa! ever shot... Yeah, and, and, and it was supposed to be a recurring character. Brad. But I was Brad. Oh, but I shit. Moved, I moved to Colorado and became a chef. But, Good uh, for you, though. Oh, right at that time. So you could have been with Gomez right now? You became, I, you're so damn young. You became a chef really young, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, we were on the Work Next Network star together. He was 19. I was 29. Holy He's shit. always been 10 years younger than me. We, Adam and I have been the exact same mental age. You might yeah. catch up, though. You never know. Oh, Next I year. think he's going to pass me, actually, mm. this year. Mentally. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, Jared Leto seeking out Grant Morrison. That's awesome. It'd be yeah. interesting to see Most if it's more than the slick back hair. And Marilyn it'll be interesting Manson. to see if it's more than the slick back hair and the time. Marilyn Manson physique. Jump back one, one, one more. It'd be more interesting to see if it's more than the slick back hair and the Marilyn Manson aesthetic. Okay. Yeah, but like what you're doing is the kind Joker. of putting a little bit of Joker into he's got, Well, he's got a little bit of it. You know, Grand Morrison, he's soft spoken like this when he talks. You would deny it, Peaky Blinders. Hey, guess what it's time for? It's Roxy Schreier's favorite time of the week. It is TV time. It's time for Roxy Schreier's TV okay, time. Okay, we don't know the song. Where right. is it? I don't she know. Thinks I don't find the she thinks I don't find a time. She's the only one who's on top. TV time. For God's sake. TV, 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 really love your theme song. There was no, there is an actual theme song that really actually happened. There is a theme song. We do a lot of curveballs at Mark this week. doesn't happen now. I think he's mid-doing. Some stuff. That's all right. We'll okay. get into it if at any time. you get it, just hit the damn music. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Flash premiered. Gotham, damn. I mean, Gotham brought it. Okay, so Gotham had episode three. I Zombie and Flash premiered. Then the yeah. season two premieres. So uh, one thing first. Uh, HBO did admit to meeting with Zack Snyder about Watchmen. Their quote is: "Preliminary discussions regarding Watchmen have occurred. We have no additional information, and no deals are in place." Just to follow up last week. Okay, so we just all the, all we know is: Did you see the Watchmen film? No. Okay, so The Watchmen is based on the seminal work by Alan Moore. Uh, There was a comic book series called Before Watchmen that was pretty successful. I don't know what this would be based on. But, look, this doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean that the show is getting greenlit. It just means that HBO is interested in getting into some kind of... uh, a uh, long form adult themed superhero or slash comic book based uh, show, which is incredible because my favorite show on TV right now is Game of Thrones. I think HBO makes the best TV. Oh yeah, and I think if HBO did a version of this, it would be fantastic. I even I watched the Leftovers. I like that's my favorite show on TV. I love that Leftovers. Stuff. It's my favorite show. What did you think of the first episode? I thought that it was really weird and great. I liked it's it so a lot. Weird. I loved it, but I, I not just because it, it had really hot girls running naked through the woods. But maybe a little bit because um, of that, too. But that was a really interesting scene. We'll talk about it later. If you guys want to watch the After Buzz TV right. after show for Leftovers, you can check that out. I'm on this shit. Um, okay. I'm also, on it. I don't know, Johnny, if we mentioned uh, Cartoon Network, which cannot confirm the new Justice League series, but mm-hmm. everybody's been talking about it. So It might happen. Apparently, somebody reached out to, to Cartoon Network Canada, and they said that there is, in fact, well, you mentioned, we, we, we mentioned this last week, John Schnepp had mentioned it on his show, right. Heroes, that he was sure that, um, I think he said Paul Dini, or Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, or at least Dini, were involved in a new JLA series, mm-hmm. to which I said, well, that doesn't really make sense, because they're making all these animated films, but apparently, this person at Cartoon Network Canada said there is a new Justice League film, uh, Justice League animated series happening, but it wouldn't be until next fall. 
and then they took it back, the whole thing, and then they reset it, and then they, like, it's been back and forth a million this times. This is all based on some pictures that were taken from the Warner Brothers Burbank offices where people saw, uh, you know, a bunch of photos right. of upcoming projects, and there was a jelly on there. Listen, launching the new uh, DCEU, wouldn't it make sense to, 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 to start a new animated series, It'd like, targeting great. 12 to 15-year-old children? Get them invested. As they yeah. grow up, you know, these films we know are coming out at least through 2020 so you want to get uh, shows that these people can appreciate these younger audiences and have them grow into these characters because mm-hmm. as we know people aren't reading the comic books yeah okay great option you want to go uh, I want to talk Gotham or Flash first considering you're wearing a cool mask uh, let, let's talk Gotham because usually I try to save it for last because it bums me out so much but I want to talk about it this week because I thought that it was a really good episode why did you think that what did you like about it, it Estrella? Here's what, here's what I liked I think that it focused on uh, some of my favorite relationships I felt like the stakes were high I didn't predict exactly what was going to happen uh, they killed off Jerome yeah. I liked the way that did they though? Well, well, he I was mean, taken away on a stretcher. He was not in a body bag. I mean, I don't know that they he showed was him killed. on the slab with the smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, the but they didn't put they didn't zip him up. They didn't. But the way that the that his dad predicts that his face will be the last face that all of these people see, and mm-hmm. all, and then we see all the different imitations. Right, Jerome's, just killing people. Yeah, right. which I thought was really cool. Weird. Um, I really liked this episode. I think it's my favorite episode of Gotham so far. I think it's found its footing a little more. I just. It just interested me. I, I like yeah. watching it. I enjoyed yeah. myself. I, I think my goal for season two was just keep me entertained, and it's this season's doing more than that. So I'm, it's a really low goal, by the way. Yeah, it, that's what I was. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that, Shane, because one. I've had a big problem with Gotham and, and previous, and people will comment in the chat room and be like, "Just accept it for what it is. We're getting a we're getting a show about Gotham." Like, well, that's not really enough. Like, it's got to be good. I'll tell you what I did like this week. I, I liked Alfred hitting on Morena Bacarin because it showed Hysterical. Alfred. I've never seen um, a demonstration of Alfred's libido before. Yeah. So it's good to see Alfred is more than just like the dutiful butler. Like Alfred wants to get his piece mm-hmm. and. And what better person to choose than the incredibly gorgeous Marina Bacara? A lot of confidence for a man his age to go after that, too. I give him a lot of credit for yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, yo, come hang at Wayne Manor. Yeah. He's like, I'm kind of the man of the house I at Wayne Manor. Run thanks. But, I I love Harvey and Gordon together, man. They're just great. And I, and I really like the dynamic with Catwoman this week, too. I did. I think that that's growing on me. And Bruce Wayne, he's yeah. all growing on me. I'm I like, I did like that relationship. No, it was it was definitely the best episode so far. I'm not saying I'm like head over heels uh, in love with it. Um, but it is good that Jerome is not going to be around for a while. I was done with that character. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that... So, so we have mixed reviews in the chat about Jerome, as there are online and everywhere else. Some people think that he makes the show. Some people are frustrated with him. Can I make fun of someone in chat real, real quick? Yeah. Uh, this guy, Joe, just said, Roxy, marry me. But instead of spelling it Mary, he spelled it Mary. So it says, Roxy, marry me. Uh, if you're going to ask a woman for her hand in marriage, you might want to spell the word. Correctly. What, it was like marry me? Like, like, the, na- he like forgot, the name Mary? He forgot the R. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick up for my new family. No, no, no. He's saying, his, like, his, he's saying his like three people, people yeah. are Roxy, Mary, and me. Like me, <laughs> myself, you. and okay. I. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, okay. Yeah. Got it. I, Joe, I love you, and that was a yes, so. There you go. Um, well, what about The Flash? Mary. What about your favorite show? What did you think about The Flash season two premiere? Well, apparently I liked it more than you did because you're about to get down on it. Who said that? Well, you said that you, you after Don't watching tell me what I said. Let's talk about what you said. Okay, well, I'll Speak talk for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I think the show is awesome. I had one major issue with it. Um, and spoiler alert if you didn't see it last Spoiler, time, guys. So. This is right now. We're about to spoil stuff for, God, uh, for Flash season two, premiere one, episode one. Um, it happened last night, so this is your time to step away uh, and, and, and and walk tentatively. Okay, Roxy. I had a huge problem with how they handled Henry coming out of prison, coming out of Thank Iron you! Heights, I agree with being, you! And then just being like, yo, P.S., I can't be here. There's so many other ways they could have handled him not being Thank you, show. Roxy! You see, you were about to say that I was negative, but that was what I had the biggest problem with. Right. They had his dad in jail the whole Hold first on. season. And then we take him out for him to say, I can't be here because you're a superhero. So CW! That's what was so CW. So the character of John Wesley Shipp was in, in jail the whole first season. He was wrongfully framed for murdering his wife. Oh. Then at the beginning of season two, or sometime during the 
the season two premiere. The guy who actually did murder it leaves a videotaped confession, which leads to his dad getting out of jail, which leads to a very silly birthday party montage, which, like, people are at the birthday that should be... It was just potentially could have been a really grounded, dramatic thing. And then the birthday party ends with him saying... I can't be here, Barry. Like, just to so, get him off the show. Here's my suggestion, because I, I don't love when people poke holes without finding a way to use it. This is what I wish the dad said. I wish he said, listen, I was just in prison for so many years, and I love you, but I can't li- If he was going to have to leave, I can't live here anymore, because I can't be the guy who murdered his wife to half the people, and the guy who's wrongfully accused of murdering his wife to the other yeah. half. People aren't going to look at me the same. I'm not going to get the, the kind of uh, new, fresh start that I want to get. I have to go for me. If he had said that, I would have been like, okay. But the reason why he claims he has to go... What was, was the reason? Sun- <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Sorry. No, no. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to be The reason he says he has to go is because his son is a superhero and he doesn't want to hold him back. It was bullshit. It was Whoa. bullshit. Wow. That's how I felt about Ooh. it. I love every other part of the episode. Um, I, I love I love getting the team back together. I love seeing Edge. Um, I, I thought the whole thing was so great. And then there was that moment where I was like, I'm going to literally blow my brains out for a second. And then I put them back in when we when Jay Garrick came. And, and, and like, having okay. Edge on that show is only going to increase ratings because he's a massive following online. And, and he's got the look. I mean, he looks yeah, great. Edge was cool. Adam, Adam Smasher was cool. What was really cool is we saw the first glimpse of Cisco potentially becoming a metahuman or something like this. There was a moment with Cisco where he like kind of zones out and it's kind of unexplained so vibe, that's vibe, so, vibe. so we're going to see where, where that's going definitely vibe and I and I did like Jay Garrick in the end I really like that actor that's playing Jay Garrick and that to me is exciting so Eddie Sears? yeah it was it was a fine episode. I, look, it wasn't you know I just had to manage expectations a little bit, but I did have a problem with how they they handled John Wesley Ship getting out of jail and kind of writing him off the show for convenience sake. It just felt very melodramatic. Yeah, and now I think that he's en- going to end up having maybe to go back to Iron Heights because um, obviously Tom Cavanaugh's coming back, and what are they going to do? Throw the person that isn't him in jail who didn't actually commit a murder and what the whole thing? So. What, what, what are you looking at? No, no, no. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, so you're saying that the guy that looks like Harrison Wells is Harrison Wells. He comes back and there's and like... And he didn't oh, actually commit a murder because his body was taken over. So but then he's going back to jail. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he goes uh, he goes outlaw. Or may, Yeah, maybe he goes outlaw. The whole thing, though, I just thought that they could have used a way better excuse if they were trying to get him off the show. Or bring him into the Scooby gang for a little bit. I want to see him participate. But, but we didn't get there. I want to see you in this mask every day. Yeah. Thanks. I do like yeah, this you is a really mask. nice early morning treat, by the way. The people on iTunes are like, "What is he talking?" A about? tasty treat. All right, so uh, I got to let everyone. There's people in chat roll that haven't seen Flash, so they're muting it. I'm gonna okay. let them know we're moving on. So. We're moving on, guys. And no more Flash talk. Yeah, for the people, we're moving on. Moving on. All right, we're moving on. Uh, oh, I think we got to talk about the colonel, the the colonel, the, the colonel. colonel. I said I wanted to mention I Zombie. Well, then go ahead, talk about I Zombie. All right, the season two premiere was really, really good. Anybody who's an I Zombie fan, the people that I've talked to so far, really enjoyed it. Um, it hasn't answered our questions yet, but Rose McIver did an excellent job, and I enjoy to see all the different kinds of brains she keeps eating. Brains, she eats brains brand for breakfast. So, of the three DC premiere shows so far, the premieres or yeah, premiere. Three, because premiere of Gotham I didn't like as much. Okay, it was okay. So I I would say Flash, I Zombie, Gotham for the premieres. Okay, I loved Gotham. Still got Supergirl coming. Arrow's coming tonight. Supergirl's going to be here on October twenty sixth. Supergirl advertised during the Flash yesterday. No surprise there. But I don't understand the advertisement where we don't even see Melissa for like. Until the very last snippet, it's mostly of the younger mm-hmm. version of Kara. I, I thought that was a weird play. Mm-hmm. 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 It's not any worse than the <coughs> two-minute Gotham clip of the jail that we saw. Leading oh, up to oh that was bad. So, that was on. really bad. It was really, really bad. And then, of course, my the one that I'm uh, the most excited for is that we've got Legends of Tomorrow coming in 2016. And yeah. Preacher and all those. Oh, wait. Things. One more thing I wanted to talk about. Um, huh. All right, uh, this is kind of spoilers for Flash again, so put on your earmuffs. Um, We talk about Robbie Amell as Firestorm. I know. And I had said last week, oh, there's this different actor that seems to be playing a a Firestorm. And you're like, oh, no, I'll be back. But Robbie Amell, I think, is pretty much off the show at this point. let me show you what he 
tweets. What do you what? What do you Instagrams? Why can't I speak? She's going to give you a wheezing by checking her <laughs> tweeter. But even what the showrunner said is they were like, we hope he has an opportunity to come back someday. But I don't know. He Instagrammed a photo of him as Firestorm no, yesterday that said, "You haven't seen the last of me." Mm-hmm. Okay, but basically the producer said that we want. He's got other opportunities. I believe he's on X Files now. So yeah, he is. He's off the show in Legends of Tomorrow. Needs a Firestorm. So. They have a different But they already have Martin Stein, Victor Garber, so I, we'll see what they do. So Victor Garber is going to somehow get involved with somebody else and become a firestorm right, exactly. of a different color. So great. So to speak. Can we please talk about the Colin Old Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Comic-Con exclusive. Talk about it. What's going on? Okay, Comic-Con exclusive. We have <laughs> we have battling KFC colonels. The That's colonel played possible. by Norm MacDonald now in the commercials. And I believe Daryl Hammond was the other. Yep. So, we actually got to see the first couple pages of this comic book uh, involving the Flash and the Green Arrow, and it's basically uh, evil colonel battling a uh, nice colonel. So, this will. takes place on Earth 3, which in the DC Universe is where the morality of a lot of the characters are reversed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, the colonel, and yes, that colonel from KFC is wearing an all-black suit, mm-hmm. and he is all about frying chicken the, the easy, easy way, way, as opposed to KFC colonel that wears white that we know, who fries it the hard way. So now we easy turn way. to New York City chef of distilled restaurant Shane Lyons to speak to frying chicken the hard way versus the easy way Shane. Yes. Well, you know, my first question, and, and, and being uh, not aware of these uh, universal uh, switches, uh, so in this world, the supposedly our white kernel is just, and our black kernel is... Yeah, it's like spy versus spy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... in Frying re- the hard way is, the re- is more difficult. It's more labor-intensive. Got it. So, like... I can assume in the in, in the real world, just like the normal KFC, they use like not real chicken that's been pumped with nasty hormones and has been grown uh, in little uh, uh, pens and probably tortured a little bit. So that's like the real world. So maybe then the the, the black. Uh, the anti, yeah, the, the Earth anti 3. The anti-Earth 3. Well, maybe he actually uses, like, real chickens. I mean, Could be. That'd be very interesting to see. So, so yeah, so, so you're saying that maybe... The colonel that wears black might be the good colonel. Yeah, like one, maybe when it's one, it's, it's one of those switcheroos. Like, in fact, maybe he's actually using non-tortured animals. Okay, well, I would like mm. to uh, have a little bit of a comic book theater at this point. There is a scene on the show where the colonel uh, brandishes a, um, a banjo. I'm ready for And it. starts to sing a song. So I've been working on um, giving this... Um, Giving this a melody. Okay, so this is Colonel Sanders. I'm just letting you know that my expectations are so high after you tore apart TV time for okay. so long that it, this guy has well, got to is these lyrics. Okay, so this is, again, from the A Colonel of Two Worlds, I'll which do is the, a... I'll a, do the banjo you Okay, sing. okay. So I'm Colonel Sanders, and I sell chicken, but maybe it don't taste good, but it's easy pain. Okay, so that was the Colonel from Earth 3. Thank you very much. Got it. That was really good, guys. Thank you, thank you. I'm crying. <laughs> I don't think they're tears of joy. That was truly, truly, and I mean this in the true sense of the word, unbelievable. Yeah, you could do not able to believe it. Yeah. I, I do not I'm believe it. I'm a big banjo it. fan. Yeah, it. I really appreciated that. It was like a dark banjo kind of uh, groove you were giving me there. bass time. banjo. I, like I just kind of want to watch you doing it. You like, watch yourself nope. singing this now. I really am embodying the character of the dark colonel, I think. Just be warned, don't ever go karaoke with Adam, because you'll get up there and you will fucking rock it. Uh, and yeah. then Adam will come up and whip out his harmonica yeah. and you've got nothing. Yeah, You've got nothing. And he rubs it in your face. I would like to I just do. go down the list of comments right now in the chat. The intensity <laughs> in his face. Jeez. Please stop. <laughs> Smash. I quit. Wow. It has rhythm. KFC comic book song? What am I watching? Is this the highlight of my life? 
Oh man, pretty painful. Ah, That's what's going on. That's what you want. You want real strong opinions. We're just we're riffing it here. Coming soon, the Dark Colonel trilogy. We got six freaking months till a movie comes out. Sometimes you got to stretch. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey, last story of the week: Uh, a very cool Lego artist in Australia debuted a 18 foot long Batmobile for the Art of Brick DC Comics art exhibit in Sydney, Australia, coming up at the Powerhouse Museum in November. It's one of several DC sculptures that'll be on display, and we got the. Picture of it right there. That's an 18 foot back. If I sat on it, would it break? I don't think so. It's 18 feet long. And how pissed would they be? I sat on that and broke. Or if you just jenga it and just destroyed the whole thing. What Batmobile is that? That's the cartoon, right? It, it, it's not exactly the cartoon because the one in the cartoon, I don't think it had the wings off it like that. It looks like it, it's an original design. Guys, in the chat roll, seriously. Is that any particular Batman, Batmobile? I can't really tell. Or is it like uh, one made up just because it almost looks like some of the ones from like the 40s comics, but that mm. had like a bat face on it as well. It's got the fins. I don't know. It looks pretty awesome. I love these Lego sculptures. So. Hell yeah. They're amazing. How long do you think it takes to make? Too long. I don't have that kind of attention. I don't no, know. I, I want like an actual number. Uh, right. 17. Uh, Any other questions? What else we got, guys? That's it. I mean, we pretty much just did a full show. Yeah. All right. See, they, last week they're bitching at us about not asking their questions, but this week they all they were doing was commenting about your amazing song. I'm just kidding, you guys are the best, but if you have questions, let us know. I know we, we were answering them at first, um, and then we took a little break from questions, but we're back on questions, so you guys uh, tweeted us and used the hashtag DC Movie News and tweet at DC Movies SK. And if you want some banjo lessons, holler at your boy. Okay. Um, are, you, are you your boy? Yeah. It's your boy. B-O-I. All right, where can they find you? What's going well, on? Shane what do we Lyons. got to do? Shane Lyons, put yourself over. Uh, you can find me at Distilled New York in Tribeca, and uh, all of my restaurant social media as I have none. So uh, Distilled New York at Twitter, I think it is, or yes. hashtag Insto Distilled. Distilled NYC, I believe, is the restaurant. You could uh, ask there. me if you want to find it. It's a fantastic restaurant if you're Hell in the yeah. New York City area. Shane makes the best wings you've ever had in your life. He does a take on uh, chicken and waffles with duck. He's got an exciting Ooh. new menu for the season. His sausage gravy on brunch, still one of my favorite Ooh. things in the world. I'm going to be in New York in two weeks. Oh, you got to go check by. it out. It's oh, at yeah. the chef's counter. It's oh, in Tribeca. Uh, Roxy? Well, I was just going to say, speaking of New York, I'm really excited to get some uh, Comic-Con news next week, so hopefully we'll be having some great New York Comic-Con news to talk about. Um, I'm Roxy Stryer. You can find me at Roxy Stryer. I also am going to be on SourceFed Superhero Roundup this Friday, and I was just on Screen Junkies Movie Fights last Sunday, so if you want to check those out, uh, make sure you you do that. They're, They're very fun and really cool, and you guys will love it, so I really appreciate all the support. There you go. Uh, at Jay Quasto and the Whistle Sports Epic Tour rolls on. I'm about to head to Dallas today. So this weekend we're in Dallas for the Oklahoma-Texas game. Also at the Texas State Fair, I'm going to make myself sick eating so many oh, fried I can't wait goodies. to see the food you get at the Texas State mm. Fair, dude. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. I, I think they're going to enter me in something. I'm not really sure. And Find out what the new big freaking, you know, Krispy Kreme cheeseburger or fried Coke thing oh, is this year. Trust and me. Please. What you guys are talking about is disgusting, though. Like the oh, fried buttery so Coke. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. I was a fat kid. That's only disgusting because you've got taste. Oh, yeah. thank you. I was a fat kid who loved Long John Silver's growing up. Let me have this. Look, we were all former fat kids here at this table. So that is true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, that's true. Right. Next. He's the only one that's still fat. So, oh, what? I know. All the, all the iTunes users are like, that was mean. <laughs> yeah. Not, not. Hey. It's okay. Uh, next week we're in Green Bay on Tuesday, Chicago Wednesday, and then we go to Michigan for Michigan, Michigan State. So, and by uh, we, you mean you and Whistle Sports? Yes, me and Whistle Sports. Even if you don't like sports, you'll enjoy the show. It's not just about football; it's a lifestyle show. It's about t- the culture of traveling to these cities. So you really enjoy it. So if you see me post about it, please our tweet, our tweet and favorite, our tweet it, our tweet, our tweet it if you don't mind. Was there, is it the brief retweet? Yes, our tweet. I, I'm getting short. Look, I'm say. trying to give you a reason to watch. Just please watch. You'll enjoy the show. I have nothing now. The reason to see. All right, uh, that's everybody. Thank you so much for watching, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.